We're here to ignite your fire by highlighting the success and innovation of other movement professionals. This is the PT on Fire podcast. PT on Fire Nation. We are super excited today to bring you Arthur Shu. Arthur is a personal trainer who lives out in Las Vegas. Uh, he's been out there since uh, June of 2000. He's a personal trainer through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Uh, Arthur's also a certified, got a certification in applied functional science through the Gray Institute. Um, Arthur has done a number of continuing education and mentorship courses um, from in, institutes like Institute of Motion, PTA Global, the Gray Institute. Um, he studied the WEC method um, and 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 some more some more opportunities such as that. So uh, you know we always like to have people on who are lifelong learners and really like to challenge themselves in different ways. And Arthur uh, seems to be one who definitely is is fits that fits that mold there. And and uh, so Arthur, we're super excited to have you on. Um, and we, you know, I guess I should start off also by saying it's just me today, uh, Nick Hawkins, Andrew's out for today, so it's just going to be solo, but Arthur, man, we appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you, Nick, for having me on as well. I'm looking forward to this conversation. All right, so, so Arthur, tell, you know, tell us what, uh, what's a day in the life like for you out in, out in Las Vegas? Give us a little, for those of us who live in the Midwest, like myself, living in Michigan, what can you tell me about a day in the life of doing your thing out in, out in Vegas? Uh, well, for the most part, it's uh, always either spring or summer here, even in the winter time. So the weather's great year round, which is fun because we can do a lot of outdoor uh, training, uh, which is a nice change of pace from being indoors a lot. Um, my day starts at about 4 a.m. Uh, my first client is at 5 a.m. And I do a morning shift at, out of my house from 5 to 10. And then uh, at 10 o'clock, I... Uh, go to uh, what I study, which is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So that's my personal me workout time, training time. Awesome. And then uh, at around 1230, uh, a couple of days a week, I go to a, a club called Lifetime Athletic, which is a, probably a big chain in the Midwest where you are. Um, and so I work there part-time as a personal trainer as well. And then uh, in the afternoon, it's usually family time. Uh, I, I take my kids to martial arts. So that my wife can finish some of her uh, work duties as a school teacher, and then uh, at nighttime we just family time, get the kids ready to bed, and repeat the same thing the next day. Awesome, man! So you're, you're you would definitely be classified as a grinder then. I mean, getting up at four a.m. and uh, just starting the day, getting after it. Um, that's that's awesome. Uh, you know, the cool yeah. thing in there, cool thing in there that you said too is that you, you still find time for yourself and kind of find time to unwind, you know, probably I would assume that's not only physical, but also kind of your mind and spirit get a chance to unwind as well with the jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to de-stress, to clear your mind and just to, you know, take care of yourself because if, if you can't take care of yourself and make yourself whole, it's going to be hard next to impossible to, to do that for anyone who comes to you for, for assistance, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. That's huge. I, I love that. I love that. If you can't, yeah, if you, if you can't be, you know, if you can't know who yourself is and how are you expected to, to help others who come, who come to you in hopes of, of, uh, kind of being led down that journey on uh, themselves. So that's, that's good. Um, so, so Arthur, one of the things also that I'm, I'm really excited, uh, that you're, that you're doing and I, you know, I went through this, 
the fellowship last year, but you're currently going through the gift fellowship, correct? Yeah, actually, um, next week I'm flying out to uh, Adrian uh, to um, do the last of the uh, in-person mentorship. Um, I'm going to be there for the Truth Worth Doing, where all the PCMers give their little TED Talk-like speeches. Okay. So it should be fun. I can't wait. Awesome, awesome. And and do do me a favor, Arthur. Just so for a lot of the listeners out there who have not, uh, you know, been have have not had a part of the Gray Institute, not done any continuing education with the Gray Institute, or haven't yet heard of of gifts. Do do me a favor and just kind of explain first what drew you to the fellowship. Um, what have you gained from it? So what drew you to it? What have you gained from it? And what's the experience been like? So um, back in about I believe it was 2006, um, I took a TRX uh, suspension training course in Hollywood, California. And at the time, TRX was, you know, in, in, in its young stage of, of developing the education for their product. And the, uh, the education director at the, um, at the time and still is now is Fraser Quelch, who's a gifter. And uh, so I don't know if you've ever met or know, uh, heard of Fraser Quelch. Um, as he taught the class, it amazed me the kind of information he was sharing with us. And it was information that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, because my background was more traditional um, strength training, and I wasn't looking at it from a three-dimensional point of view. Sure. So uh, long story short, after class, I asked him, you know, where did he learn this way of thinking, this process? And he explained to me that he went to the uh, Gray Institute uh, gift program. And uh, I've, I've always been intrigued uh, with taking that gift program, but was always afraid to jump in the water. Uh, I felt whether I wasn't ready financially, mentally, or had the confidence to go through it. Um, and then throughout the years, I, I, you know, made friends with and learned from other gifters and just constantly being impressed by their thought processes and the way they handle themselves and speak about movement. And so um, after my wife finished her master's degree, I said to myself, you know what? I, I definitely want to do this. And I, I said, you know what, no matter what, I'm doing it this year. And it just happened to be their 10th year. And um, it's been great. A lot, of, a lot of the things that I've learned is to actually think about the movement, uh, understand how the movement occurs and how it happens, and that there's more than one avenue to uh, help improve uh, the movement patterns, help improve um, the quality of life, you, you just kind of have to humble yourself, put your ego aside, and uh, listen to the client, which is probably the most important thing, is listening to the client and what they want and what they need, and, and take a step back, and take a deep breath so that you don't um, unconsciously or subconsciously give them what you feel is right. Mm. And I always look at it, I always look at it as, you know, my business could be, if you will, like a restaurant and, I, and I'm a chef and I'm supposed to be a good cook and I, sh and I should be able to cook whatever my customers want. And so if they're coming in and they want, for example, they want a steak uh, that's rare. I can't take my own personal beliefs and say, well, I think steak is the best if it's well done. Mm. And so I know you want yours rare, but I'm going to give it to you well done because through my training, through my experiences, well done is the best and this is how you're going to have it. And if you do it that way, you're really not listening or meeting the client where they need to be met. And they're probably not going to be happy with the service and with, you know, the work that you're, you're giving them. And they're probably not going to stay. 
and it affects your business and it affects their health. Sure. That's great. So, yeah. That's awesome. So man. the process, I think, the process of, of understanding, uh, figuring it out, uh, implementing, um, you know, the principles, the strategy, and the technique is one of the biggest takeaways from uh, what I've learned in GIF so far. Oh, that's, that's great, man. And this is, you know, for the listeners out there, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, the GIFT Fellowship and, and the Gray Institute. And uh, it's not that we, you know, it's not even like we're purposefully, we, we just get so excited about it for reasons like what Arthur just shared. You know, it, you know not only does, the, the, does going through the fellowship talk, talk about the physical aspects, but like what Arthur just said, you know, the huge part of it is it teaches you how to, you know, to listen to what the, what the person in front of you is saying and to, to pay attention to their needs and not only, you know, their needs, you know, in a physical sense, but what, what are they afraid of? What are their fears? What are they, what, you know, what are some things they've been struggling with? What's their spirit like? You know, it, it, it teaches you to kind of keep all that at the forefront, like what Arthur just said, and not, not simply reflect what you want for them, but to acknowledge what they need. And I think in order to do that, especially to do that on a, like on a, from a physical standpoint, we need to first realize, okay, well, what does the person want to be able to do? Do they want to be able to take a walk with their, with their um, grandkids? Do they want to be able to pick up their child from the floor? Do they want to be able to play catch with their kid? Uh, you know, do they need to be able to do that? Is that their desire? Are they afraid that they're not going to be able to continue doing that? And is it getting them depressed? You know, it's, it's, it's acknowledging the whole person and then diving down into, okay, well, the principles, what, what is the specific movement from the toe all the way up to the neck that this individual needs to have when they go to play catch with their, with their, with their kid? And that is why we get so excited about talking about this stuff. That, that's what it's about, man. I, so, you know, Arthur, what are, have you found a difference in the way that you're treating your clients or the way even that you're, you know, interacting with people in life since you've started going through the, the program? Oh, uh, for sure. Um, one of the biggest things is, um, um, I, I treat my clients differently every single day. So for example, I'll, I'll have a client Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, for example. And, um, I'm always going to ask them when they come in, you know, I, I talk to them, you know, just like I would talk to my wife when she comes home from work and when she wakes up in the morning, like how they're doing, uh, how do they sleep? How do they feel? Is there anything they want to go over today? Is there anything bothering them today? Um, specific, like is there, you know, I have a lot of different uh, fitness equipment in my garage and, and it's all there for them to, to partake in. So maybe one day my client's coming in and then he or she wants to use dumbbells because that's what she's in the mood for or he's in the mood for. And, and, you know, maybe they're feeling like this physically or feeling like this emotionally, mentally. So it, it, it's, it's my job. And, it, it, you know, with the help of the GIF Institute, I'm able to tweak, if you will, whatever program I had in mind for them that day based on their feedback to me and how they felt coming into my house or, or coming into the club. And so that's really helped me be more attentive to, uh, to their emotional and physical state. Sure. And, you know, Gary speaks, uh, Gary, you know, the amazing thing about Gary, you know, you've heard him talk. When he talks about his patients or clients, it's less about what he knows and it's more about 
making sure that your client leaves happy and fulfilled and successful and mm. and just ready to take on whatever task they were going to take on after they left you and, and just leaving having them leave in a better state than they did coming in oh yeah 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 that's that's awesome that's huge i i totally agree and uh you know the thing about that is that it takes a certain sense of humility to even be able to get to that point to to ask the person how you know how how are you feeling today what's you know, what, is there anything bothering you today? How how is this training that you're you've yeah. received from me? Like, you know, what wouldn't you agree that a lot of times, you know, us as healthcare professionals, we're like we almost don't even want to ask that question because what if they, you know, heaven forbid, if the person was to say that they weren't pleased so far with what they were receiving from you? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's uh, that's you're right. It's one of the things that you also have to be. Um, you have to take a step back and, and, and be a little bit humble and, and be able to have the strength and the courage to accept that maybe something that you're doing is not right or, or not that it's not right, but it's not um, connecting with the person that you're working with at a given time. And, you know, I always tell my clients, tell me, stop me the moment uh, I'm uh, coaching you into something that you don't like or doesn't feel right. Uh, and I tell them, you know, don't, don't worry. Don't think you're going to offend me. Um, I, I should be good enough and knowledgeable enough to be able to tweak, uh, progress, or modify anything that's not working for you at this given time. Mm. And I think that's what that's what gift is help giving me. It's giving me the confidence to be okay and to be fine with not having something work the first time. If if, if if you have a bad knee and I, and I'm, you know, for example, let's say I'm going with the foot and ankle and the foot and ankle is not helping the knee feel better. And they tell me that I don't, I don't get flustered. I don't get, you know, nervous or, or defensive. I'm like, okay, what's another avenue? Let's check the hip out, for example, or let's check the T-spine or let's, let's check this. And if, if, if there's a roadblock here, there's another avenue there. And that's one of the big things I've learned from Jeff. Absolutely. That's yeah. That, you know, that's so true. So true. And, and one, you know, one of the things from, from my perspective, you know, as, as a physical therapist is that what, what we see is a lot of times, you know, as PTs, we don't want to ask the difficult questions. We don't want to ask the person about their overall experience so far because supposedly, you know, we're the experts and we know what you need. It's the thought process that traditionally we've had. And that's not, that and I think that's why a lot of PTs were as a whole were in trouble right now. I mean, if you look at from our in our realm, I think something like seventy percent of people do not complete their their plan of care. You know, and so so that's that's a reflection um, on what you just hit on, which is we need to address the whole person. We need to think about you know ask the question: What you know? Are you happy with the experience you're receiving? Uh, what you know? What stop me if I'm doing anything that does not re, that that you aren't into or that may doesn't that doesn't seem right or at least you know the freedom to say hey you know what what's the good in this type thing you know versus just letting somebody passively discharge from from a plan of care or letting somebody just quit going to personal training and then they feel super bummed out or you know kind of depressed or or, uh, or kind of burned out in, in themselves. So yeah, you just yeah you hit on a huge point, man. I I appreciate you saying that. Um, and would you is that is there so is there a similar problem or 
you know, issue in the personal training standpoint, as far as you as a whole, do personal trainers see people that, that kind of drop out from the plan early or before you would like them to, or before goals are met? So some of the, some of the things I think, and I don't think it's, um, I want to use my words wisely because it's not a, a, not a critique on, 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 you know, the, per, the training industry's character or, 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 um, intent. But I think there's a, there's a limit to the education potential in a lot of fitness professionals because they adhere or align themselves to a specific method. Whether, you know, whether it be, you know, CrossFit or bodybuilding or, or, you know, functional training. Sure. Um, if, if you align yourself with only one method or one way of thought, you kind of limit your learning potential. And I think that does a disservice to the client and the members. And um, taking that time, and I think, I think it's a lot of it is, is time too, because in a lot of big boxes, it, it's, it's about profit. You know, it's a business. Mm-hmm. You, you got to make it, you know, we want you to be the best trainers you can be, but at the same time, we need you to uh, hit numbers because that's what's going to keep this industry thriving. And so a lot of times education takes a backseat or, or maybe the quality of the education takes a backseat to gross. And that could be detrimental to uh, the overall well-being of the members, um, if, that, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I totally get that. And I, I, from what I gather about you, you have a passion for educating your clients, not only taking them through the motions, but also kind of taking the time to educate, make sure, make sure they're, you know, they're comfortable and on the same page as what, what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, and then you have your clients, especially in the personal training uh, industry, you know, you have clients that come in like, you know, I, I don't care about the science. I just, I just want you to kick my butt. I yeah. want to leave here <laughs> drenched in sweat and I want to feel like I just ran a marathon yeah. uh, because that makes me happy. And, and you know what, as long as you do it in, a, in an intelligently crafted way, that's fine. And, it, and you know, it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to be 3D, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. all the time because that, it's too much of a good thing to bad thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's that's almost more. That's almost where you can kind of, as as trainers and strength coaches and PTs, we can kind of let out our little sadistic side of the mind and just kind of, okay, you just gave me the freedom. All right, well, you're you're gonna wish you didn't say that because I'm gonna go after it with you. <laughs> yeah, and you know the funny thing is, you know, if if if, if you have the proper uh, understanding of the human body, the authentic understanding of the human body, you can take traditional old school uh, movements and just add a little flair to it, if you will, and make it just as hard, if not harder with, with the same amount or even less weight and change it up where that old school mentality doesn't think it's too out of the box, but just enough to elicit a, a, a change where they have to uh, adapt to. And that's where you can see the, the growth in, in their, in their uh, fitness. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you, you said the word tweak earlier and I, you know, you know, Gary is, Gary's talks, he talks a lot about tweakology or, or being the, the master of the tweak or the doctors of tweakology. And, 
And, you know, I think that, like you just said, that's, that's powerful. I mean, if you can, if you can take a traditional lunge, for example, and, and you might even, you might even say, okay, well, just, just go ahead and lunge out a little bit further for me, or just go ahead. And as you lunge, go ahead and reach your hands and up overhead, or go ahead and rotate your hands and reach to the left, you know, as you're lunging. Right. And it, and it's, I always get a kick out of it and, and people always kind of look at you funny, but then they actually try it and they're like, Oh wow, you're right. I don't need a lot of weight, or I I didn't I didn't necessarily need to put a 50 pound dumbbell in my hand. I can I can do that, and it it can be just as hard or just as cha- challenging. Yeah, and then you see you see that like that light bulb in their head go off, and that's when you know like they're gonna they're gonna start to buy into to being more open and and susceptible to you know newer ideas and different types of movements. Sure. Uh, you know, kind of switching gears here, I, you know, I, I was reading and you're, you own your own company. Um, yeah. a, is it AHPT Inc? Yeah. So it stands for, it's my initial. So it's Arthur Shoe Personal Training Incorporated. Okay. Awesome. And, and what, so tell me a little bit about, I know we've talked a lot about, um, you, you do group training and, and personal training at home as well as, you know, privately for, for corporate gyms, but I want to know what's it, you know what what is it where they they contract you out to educate their staff on on their products. Tell me a little bit about that side of things. Um, you mean like with when I when I travel to teach courses? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, so um, I, I've worked with TRX since 2007. I'm one of the master course instructors. So I teach their suspension training course and their rip trainer courses. <clears throat> Uh, not the group courses, but the, uh, you know, trainers, the, the individual side courses. Um, I also work for, uh, Technogen. So I, I teach some of their product lines, like the Kinesis Station, the Kinesis One, and the, um, and the Almia, uh, group training station. So, uh, when I, when I travel, it's usually a 24 hour turnaround. I go the day before and come back the day of after I teach the course. And, um, and as far as that, uh, as far as, how you get contracted to that is if a, if a company or a gym buys equipment or signs up for an education course, TRX or Techno Gym will call me if I'm in their region and they'll fly me out to teach the course and, and then uh, fly me back. Okay. Um, and so the question, if you don't mind repeating that question again on. Oh, no, that's what, that's what I was wanting to know. So basically um, what I, you know, the question was, about was uh, not only I'm trying to kind of dive in here to to your passion for education. Not only do you educate clients, but what I'm reading here is that you you can also you're also comfortable with educating you know fellow fitness professionals and, and healthcare professionals about how to better use products. And, yeah. So I, yeah, and I've worked with you know there are times when I, I'm I'm um, privileged to have you know uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists. Uh, professors at universities come in on the courses just so they can learn and share um, other trainers. And, and it's, it, it, it's more of, you know, it's a benefit that works both ways because they're learning a, a new product, whether it's a TRX or techno gym. And at the same time, I can keep my finger on the pulse of the industry. What, what are trainers wanting to learn? What are trainers knowing now when they come fresh out of certification or if they've been in the industry for a year or more, uh, what, how do physical therapists think uh, as far as, you know, the process and the application of using something like a TRX suspension trainer or rip trainer um, and how, how the academic world views, you know, the, I guess, the, the evolving of the education of the human body now versus when they went through school? Sure, 
Sure, and, and so, so yeah, that's awesome. No, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a learning it's a learning uh, process all around, and I think and that's what I love about it because I get to meet like-minded people, and you know you have healthy discussions about about you know philosophies, you know based on based on our backgrounds of learning because you know you, someone who takes uh, teaches Pilates or someone who teaches yoga or someone who teaches Olympic lifting, you know they 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 taking their different roads to get to the same place, which is the certification course you're taking that day. And so it's, 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 it's fun to hear how they perceive the information, how they then translate it to movement and how they add their own background to the movement, oh, yeah. which then enhances the, the process for everyone. Because now that, that yogi who never saw something in the same light as a um, Olympic lifter now has a new way of thinking of, of how to move and vice versa. That's awesome. That's that's so true too. Where you know where you've been definitely definitely shapes your perception and, and what you may uh, glean from a certain course or from a from a certain uh, you know program that you're going through. So yeah, that's man, that's a great point. That's a fantastic point. Um, and a great thing, and, then, and then, you know another thing too. What I get a lot, um, which is very telling about how how much the uh, traditional academic institution teaches is a lot of times during classes, especially with TRX and Technogym, um, is when we go through the exercise library, because each course has a, a set of exercises that you can learn so you get the fundamentals of how to do basic push-pull, you know, uh, hip hinge, lunge, and all that on the suspension or on the Technogym uh, equipment is they're always asking permission if they can do something, mm. which I find, which I, which I find really, um, I, I was surprised because it was like, they were asking me for permission to, Hey, is it okay if I, if I, if my knee goes here, um, can, can my, can I, can I bend over like this? Or does my back need to be completely straight? Does my knee have to be over the second toe? And, and I, I have to, you know, hold my, take a step back and kind of think, wow, you know, are we still, you know, it's amazing that we're still teaching, keeping everything stiff and rigid in, in a world where we're trying to help improve the ability to move. Yeah. It's almost, like an, it's almost like an oxymoron, right? You're coming to us to make you move better, feel better. So to help you move better and feel better, we're going to restrict and, and limit how you move. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that funny? That's, that's such a great point. That's awesome. I, you know, I, you know, when I listen to this back, I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to replay that a couple times because that is such, it's so true and it's such a great point. And it's, you know, it's, you know, and, and I've, I, we've all had that thought, thought process. I've had that thought process. You know, you first get out of school and it's almost like you're, you're taught, it's kind of like fear-based, like, oh man, like forget about the fact that when they go to sit in their car, their knees going over their toe. You know what I mean? It's like, right. And, yeah. And I think it's, it just shows Arthur, it shows the power in the words we use. You know, uh, I'm not going to completely bash on surgeons, but surgeons will tell people, you will never play, like my brother. My brother ruptured his Achilles tendon uh, last year. The surgeon repaired it, told him he will never play basketball again, ever. And that's my brother's, one of his favorite things to do. And so, you know, my brother comes home yeah. depressed, bummed out. You know, it makes him want to not even take his rehab seriously because he's just, why, you know, why do it? I'm not going to be able to get back to what I love to do. And, and it's like, you know, Taylor, you're going to be fine. You're going to, you're going to be able to, to play again. Just, you know, 
So the, the power and the words we use or in the, the person who had the total hip replacement that was told they could never cross their legs again or cross midline or the person with a total knee, like you just said, that never, never, ever, ever take your knee over your toe. And, uh, and you know, you are spot on with, with that. And, and it's like, man, where does that thought process come from? And, and it just shows the power and the, and the words that we use. Yeah. And then when you take, and, and, and like, you know, when, when you're taking someone's word of authority, you know, a lot of times if you feel like you don't know as much as a person you're learning from, you don't question it. You just go with the flow uh-huh. and, you know, so it's written, so shall it be done sort of way. Yeah. And, 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 you know, along with, along with gift, you know, the, the, the thought process of, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta think more, you gotta, you gotta be intellectual about, you know, your movements, um, why you're programming your movements, um, how does movement actually happen? Um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the phrase bone moves, joint feels, muscles react mm-hmm. is such a true statement. So, mm-hmm. um, even, even with my, even with my clients, clients that I've trained, um, or clients that I've met for the first time doing, you know, doing the onboarding, um, initial welcome to the club. Here's your complimentary training session, you know, going over their wants and needs and then taking them to a, you know, like a 3D match, for example, or, or any type of assessment that you'll see trainers do with their clients. And, and the clients too will be like, Oh, um, you know, should my knee go like this? Is it okay for me to, you know, bend over like this? And yes. And it's like, wow, you know, we, 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 I think we need to, as professionals, really take a step back and look at how we are talking to our clients. Just like you said, words are very powerful. And, and to, to, I think it's very, really empowering to give both professionals and, and our clients and customers alike the, the ability and the empowerment to, you know, to move more, to move more freely without, without all the restrictions and the handcuffs. Yeah, that's great. That's such a huge point because, and I, you know, I would argue that I think on the first day, that's when we need to set the tone and, and say that, you know, move, reinforce the comfort in them that, hey, you know, movement is okay. It's not something we need to be afraid of it, because a lot of times what I'm finding is that just like you said, I mean, we'll be in the, I'll be in the fourth or fifth or sixth visit with somebody who's had a hip replacement or whatever, and, and we'll go to do something. And, and maybe say, uh, you know, say uh, a stepping pattern where their their leg has to cross the midline and um, they'll, they'll look at you and say, well, I can't do that. My surgeon told me I cannot do that. And so and in some ways it's like, you know, I think people need they it's like they almost need that reinforcement that they know they're doing it right. Like. Okay, tell me how I'm squatting. Should I? Am I keeping my back straight? Like you said, am I keeping my knee behind my toe? Like it's almost like they need that reinforcement that they're doing it right. But right. What, you know, and you may do this, but you know, wouldn't it be powerful if on our first initial initial visit or initial consultation or evaluation we we somehow preframed it and the words we chose were like, hey, you know, movement is healthy. Movement is 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 great. Move, you know, something that reinforces the positive behind it yeah 100 percent. and i you know i think i think technology will eventually help in the long run because you know you at, with a lot of the um i would go say old school education teaching it's all printed right so mm-hmm. you know the, the the cost 
of having to change all the books and, and then all the teachings that go on from the textbooks could make it a daunting task. But if you look at stuff like, for example, like, like the CAFS, the 3D maps, the, the gift, um, so on and so forth, everything now is digital. So if there is uh, newer research, new education, new thought process, you know, DT and Gary always talk about how many times they were wrong, but it's okay that they're wrong because if they weren't wrong, they would have never figured out the right way to do something. Yeah. But so, so now with the advent of, you know, streamlining and having everything on video, it's easier, I think, to film something brand new and plug it in and even to say, hey, listen, we were slightly off on this. Let's look at it this way. And now, now that you have it on the internet, on Streamline, on, on a website, now you can send it out to the masses more freely with less hassle and get that word out there sooner. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That, that, I'm excited to see what happens in the next five to 10 years with, with stuff like that. As, like, like you said, I mean, as, as online learning continues to evolve and become more you know, more, it's definitely more affordable and convenient for people. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch that evolution. Um, but man, it, I just, it, it's just awesome though, to be able to have the conversation and like, you, you know, talk, you get the opportunity to talk to other movement professionals. We do too. It, just have the conversation like, Hey, it's all right. If we were, we were wrong at some point, it's all right. If we used to think this way, it's just a journey. We're, we're all going on a journey uh, with the common goal of helping other people. And uh, the journey is definitely not a linear, a linear path. That's for sure. I mean, have you ever heard, have you ever heard, you know, the, uh, a saying like, you know, even, even doctors who are, who are, who are thought of to be, you know, the most knowledgeable, right. The, the smartest of the, of the medical field, even, even, you know, when they do things, they do things from an unknown, right. I, they don't, they, they never look at you and, 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 listen to what you're saying to them and say, okay, you have this. They, they'll, they'll have some guesses on what you might have, but they'll never tell you until they run X amount of tests to rule things out. Sure. So even they have to go through a protocol, a series of tests to make sure that what they're assuming, what they're guessing, what your symptoms are, are actually what your symptoms are. And they'll do blood tests, they'll do blood work, and they'll rule this out and rule that out. And that's why they call it a practice. It's not... You know, it's not a medical definite, it's a medical practice because you have to, you know, go over again and again just to make sure that their assumptions were right. Yes. And even even then they could be wrong because then you go to another doctor for a second opinion and a third doctor for a third opinion. So they're never spot on. And and, and I think it, it, it's healthy because it forces you to reassess your your processes, the, oh, uh, yeah. the way you do your strategies and so on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I would argue the, the musculoskeletal system is probably, you know, definitely one of the more, the most complex systems of the body. You know, the way we were designed to move and, and accomplish all the tasks that we want to accomplish, I mean, it's it's just absolutely insane. And so, the, the just, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the idea that we can only assess somebody the first time we see them and then and then just kind of follow a protocol the rest of the way or do the same thing every time we see them after that is, is just insane and you know i i think the important like you just said the, it's so important just to have that humility to hey we might need to reassess in two to three visits we might need to make sure we're on the right path i mean uh, you know our bodies are so com complex and, and we're just trying to work as hard as we can to figure things out just like just like you said, the doctors are. I mean, it's it's something that we're all we all strive to do it, and uh, 
especially with the musculoskeletal system. I some days more than others, but I feel like, man, do I know what the heck's going on here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so Arthur, it's, you know, I, it's been a, such a fun conversation. I want to ask you a question here. Um, so what I'm gathering from our, our talk here is you're a grinder. You're one that doesn't kind of settle on, on status quo. You let, you like to push the envelope a little bit in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you like to help people, you know, mind, body, spirit, kind of be aware of the connectedness between you and your clients. And if, you know, asking you the question of how, how do you feel you best prepare yourself every day to prevent yourself from getting burned out? Somebody that, that grinds it like you do, um, wakes up at 4am and, and kind of, how do you, how do you prevent yourself from, from getting burned out? Uh, to tell you, to tell you the truth, um, I, I, I genuinely love what I do. I'm so passionate about it. So when I, when I wake up, it's not, I don't think of it as a grind. I just think of it. Oh, you know, I, I'm doing what I love to do, you know, sure. uh, they, they're my clients, but you know, they call a personal training for a reason. It's personal. I have a personal relationship with these, with, with these people that have entrusted me with, with their health and fitness. So, I mean, I, I say it, I say it out of habit that they're my clients, but really we're, we're family, we're friends. They know everything about my life. They see my kids and wife every morning when they, when my wife and kids walk through the garage to go to school. Um, mm-hmm. I know about them and their family. Uh, you know, we, when we're not together, we're, we're, we're texting, just having conversations, making sure everything's okay. Just, you know, talking like friends talk, like, like you and I are talking right now, you sure. know? So for me, it's like, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to love what I do and to do it with the people that I really like and respect. And then, you know, having my having my own time that hour and a half every day to go to uh, to, to train jujitsu is is keeps me you know keeps me happy and it allows me to to look forward to you know when I'm when I'm training I'm like oh great you know when I'm done with my last time in the morning I'm gonna go I'm gonna go roll and then after I roll I'm gonna feel great and I'm gonna work work the rest of my day so it makes the day go by so quick you know and uh, especially with uh, jujitsu and I'm not just saying jujitsu in general I'm I'm saying fitness movement in general, you know, jujitsu is, is an outlet for me, but it's also an educator for me as well, because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with grappling or Brazilian jujitsu, but it's, it's very, very high skilled movements. Okay. So, you know, although I'm getting my exercise in, I'm clearing my mind, I'm getting connected within myself. I'm, I'm finding out something new about how the body can move, how the body can move at ease, how the body can move under duress how the body can move under load. Um, you know, you, you, we talk about the 3D maps and, and the CFS, um, you know, the, the environment, you know, the beginning positions, you know, the, the, um, the height, the reach, the distance, the 3D, the 3Ds, you know, uh, and sure. it's all intertwined in sport and athletics and martial arts. So if you just take the time and experiment with the different sports or martial arts or any type of, hobby that's physical, you're going to learn something about, number one, your body, your limits, your capabilities, your potential, and how the body can authentically move. Mm, that's good. That's good. And I, I totally, I totally agree with that. I was, uh, I was watching, um, I was, <laughs> there was a Zumba class going on in the, in the Y, I, at the YMCA I'm a member at, and I walked in and I was just, you know, I'm a nerd. I like to watch the body move and see what it's capable of. And uh, I was watching the Zumba and, and they were doing, you know, 
looking at 3D maps, how it's looking at, you know, frontal plane, the common and uncommon directions. And, you know, that a lot of this Zumba class, the way they're moving, I'm like, holy crap, you know, 3D maps mimics that, uh, you know, that portion of that class um, almost to a T. And it, like you just like you just said, I mean, whether it's with jujitsu or, the, you know, the other um, types of things we can do, it, that's the power behind it is that it's authentic to daily movement. You know, it's there's there's nothing in there that isn't authentic about how our body move actually moves and uh, you know that's why i get so excited about it but so i, I totally i totally see where you're go- coming from there um and i uh, man i totally the answer you gave for for uh preventing yourself from getting burned out is is awesome it's like you know you have a passion for it you love it but also you're you are keeping it in a perspective where it prevents you from getting burned out. You're, you're, you're acknowledging the, the gift that we've been given where we, we simply get to help people achieve their goals every day. And we, we get a chance to meet new people every day and, uh, you know, become a part of their lives. And really, I mean, what, what more can you ask for out of a job? I mean, that's, that's, what's cool about what we all do with working with people. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, and you know, every, everyone's, everyone's an individual, Nick. So um, uh, if, if, you, if you make the mistake, at least as a personal trainer, you know, I, I've done this when, in my early days. If you cookie cut your program to fit everyone, you're going to get burned out by way of being bored of what you're doing. But if you treat every client and customer like an individual, everyone's program is going to be different. So it, it, does, it never gets monotonous because one person might have this issue, another person might have this issue, another person might have no issues at all. So then the, the, what you're doing with them and how you're doing it with them changes as well, which keeps it fresh and interesting. Sure, sure. It prevents it, keeps that, almost like keeps the saw sharp for sure. It keeps that candle burning. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I, one more question for you. Arthur, I, again, sure. with, with people who like to, you know, thinkers, I like to always kind of pick the pick your guys' brain. So what what are you looking forward to? Um, and it could be anything. It could be movement. It could be your life in general. But what are you looking forward to in the next five to ten years? Uh, I'm hoping to um, see the Great Institute uh, expand more to the general public. I think it's important information. And, and an important way for professionals and, and general pop to uh, understand and improve their abilities uh, more. Sure. I, think it's, I think it's needed. It, it's definitely needed. It, it's, a, it, it's a deficiency in, in, in the industry, and it's a deficiency in, in how everyone thinks about movements. Uh, and it needs to be, I think, brought out to the forefront not to replace what people know and love, but just to add on to it and say, hey, listen, we know you love what you're doing. Now, take, take the information that you can learn from a CFS, a 3D map, and a GIF, and apply it to what you love to do. And you'll notice that your exercise library and your ability to train a, a wider range of people will increase. Uh-huh. And your ability to help people will, will, will be increased as well. So. Yeah, and I, in the know, next five years, I hope I hope that happens. Cool. Yeah, man, that's all. That's 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 great. And the cool thing is, I think what they're doing at the Gray's Institute is they're developing a platform where what you just said is very possible. I mean, look between uh, you know you got the free to play F2P Academy dot com, I believe uh, Gary's free to play uh, 
you know, for the kids. Um, you have the, the new Gray Institute dashboard where you can, you know, you can log on and, and uh, have access to thousands and thousands of videos and, and uh, learning modules. And so, you know, I, I, man, I have the same desire as, as you do. I, I think that would be amazing. You know, the, the easier it is for it to get in the hands of people, which is definitely getting easier. Uh, I think it, it would not to replace anything, but just to complement what's already out there. I think, like you said, um, that would be, that would be fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, Hey, Arthur, uh, you know, we, I, I definitely appreciated this conversation. I hope the listeners out there, I hope you guys appreciate it as well. It's always, it's always fun to talk with people who are thinkers, people who challenge the status quo, people that we say, keep that fire burning bright. And, uh, Arthur, man, I, I can totally tell that you do that. You're an inspiration to all of us movement professionals and, and keep on grinding it out there in Vegas, man. Keep doing your thing. Nick, thanks for having me on and then keep doing what you're doing because it, it does make a difference. I appreciate that. All right. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.